the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. 20 years of intelligent talk. With SRN News, I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. COVID-19 cases are surging across the globe, and so are protests about ongoing restrictions. French President Emmanuel Macron appealed for national unity against the coronavirus. Singing the French national anthem, protesters filled the streets of Paris. About 160,000 people came out in force around France to demonstrate against a special COVID-19 pass for restaurants and public venues and mandatory vaccinations for health workers. Medical Secretary Céline Ogen says she came out to protest to save her job. On September the 15th, if I'm not vaccinated, I will lose my job. They've threatened to fire me if I don't. The number of new COVID-19 cases here in the U.S. has tripled in the past month, almost entirely among those who are unvaccinated against the virus and the contagious Delta variant. This is SRN News. 20 years of broadcasting is a big deal for any radio station, but especially so when you're keeping things red in a blue state. Congratulations to AM1280, The Patriot. Congrats to The Patriot. Happy 20th anniversary. Hey, congrats to AM1280, The Patriot. 20 years of intelligent radio. Happy 20th anniversary, AM1280, The Patriot. Thanks for sticking with us through the last 20. Here's to 20 more. AM1280, The Patriot. Just after 1 o'clock here at AM 1280, The Patriot. My name is Brian, and for the weather today, it's going to be sunny with a high of 92 degrees. We're seeing some last-minute gifts roll in, and it's already clear we've been a blessing to our community. We raised over $21,000 for the Salvation Army. On behalf of AM 1280, The Patriot, and the Salvation Army, thank you. The 2021 Here to Help campaign, supported by Jared Tom Medical. program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and go launch sequence. Engineering, go flight. Master control, go flight. Studio engineer, go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for all, thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. 
and hope you all have a blessed, or hope you all are having a blessed Easter weekend. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Uh, I've got a lot to get to on today's show, uh, the Easter edition of The Closer, the Easter edition of The Closer edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, if you can follow along with that. Uh, boy, a lot of news this past week. I, I was saying, I, I think I need a three-hour show. I'm tempted to kind of invoke a third hour, just do like a Facebook Live, but we'll, we'll try to get everything in in a couple of hours. Uh, a lot has my blood boiling, and, and I, I feel kind of guilty about that because, you know, it's it's Easter Sunday. We should try to have uh, a little decorum and, you know, commemorate what this uh, holiday is all about. Of course, the resurrection of uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, so I'm going to try to... Uh, Again, maintain a sense of decorum, but a lot has me really, uh, really irritated <laughs> this week. Um, so we'll we'll save some of that for later in the show. But I do want to uh, talk about the uh, trial of Derek Chauvin, of course, the former Minneapolis police officer accused of uh, killing George Floyd. He's uh, being brought up on a handful of charges, uh, second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and I believe second-degree manslaughter. Uh, how the witness testimony started this past week, and there's been a number of witnesses we've heard from. Obviously, one was the young man who was the cashier at the Cup Foods that took the counterfeit $20 bill from uh, George Floyd, and kind of giving his perspective out of, out of all how all that unraveled. Uh, that one really... Um, that one, that particular testimony kind of stuck with me because it was very obvious that the young man was struggling with what he, I don't know, what he perceived maybe as what he could have done differently. And if he would have done something differently, perhaps George Floyd would be alive today. And it was kind of heartbreaking to listen to. If you weren't following the testimony, that, so this young man who took the phony $20 bill, apparently the manager of this Cup Foods realized it was counterfeit and said, you know, hey, that group that was just in here that passed this uh, phony uh, $20 bill to buy cigarettes, yeah, they're still out in the truck across the street. Why don't you, uh, why don't you go confront them and, you know, bring them back in the store? We need to get this straightened out. Well, first of all, what kind of store manager sends a 19-year-old kid out to, the, to a customer like that who passed a 20, counterfeit $20 bill? You know that's that's the question I have. And secondly, this young man—I forget his name—I don't I don't have the story right in front of me. I'm just kind of going off memory. But he basically said, "Look, I I was I was um, fully willing to, you know, uh, pay the uh, twenty dollars myself. You know, at, you know, to get a store credit. You know, him being an employee, he can he can you know he can charge things on his." store credit account and then it's taken out of his paycheck. I used to work at a convenience store. I'm assuming that's still how it works. And he said, had I done that, you know, it would have been taken care of and, you know, these folks would have just gone on their way. But my, you know, if, if someone passes a counterfeit bill, I mean, aren't you under some sort of obligation maybe to call law enforcement? I, you know, I think so. But the point is, had the, this young man thinking, you know, had I done that, George Floyd might be alive today. And then you had, <clears throat> A, a young lady who is a, uh, a firefighter, you know, she was off-duty firefighter and, you know, witnessed 
this situation taking place and had a real contentious uh, back and forth with uh, the defense defense attorney, Eric Nelson. And I, I think at one point the judge had to dismiss the jurors and uh, kind of tell the young lady or um, kind of admonish young lady, you know, you need to exercise this amount of decorum, you know, back and forth, try to keep the emotion out of this, which, you know, when you're rewatching the video of George Floyd being under the knee of Officer Derek Chauvin, it's really hard to, you know, kind of keep your emotions in check. So I get that. But there are a couple of aspects I want to focus on, one which could be damning to Officer Chauvin and another which could provide reasonable doubt. I think from a legal standpoint, now again, this is someone, something an attorney friend of mine told me, from a legal standpoint, second-degree murder should not happen. From what I understand, second-degree murder is when you kill somebody when you're in the process of committing another felony. So what other felony was Derek Chauvin committing? He was in the process of doing his job, and, and, and a police department has a certain threshold where they can use force to, to detain a suspect, okay, or to rein in a suspect that is resisting. There is a use of force statute. Now, I know since this incident, the city has kind of revised that a little bit, so it's kind of taken uh, some of the officer's ability to use a certain amount of force, and that could be a problem going forward. And the crime rate in the city of Minneapolis skyrocketing certainly reflects that. It's probably going to be a problem going forward, but I digress. But what was the felony? What 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 was the felony that Derek Chauvin was committing when he killed George Floyd? You know that that's that's what they're going to have to hash out. But one uh, piece of testimony was by uh, the uh, one member in particular of the Minneapolis Police Department, and this is from uh, Katrina Pross of the Pioneer Press. Uh, Lieutenant Richard Zimmerman, a Minneapolis police officer for nearly 40 years who leads the department's homicide unit, said he has never been trained to kneel on a suspect's neck while the person is handcuffed behind the back, which Chauvin did during Floyd's fatal arrest on May 25th. Zimmerman said he considers that to be, quote-unquote, deadly force. Well, let me back up here. First of all, I think the defense is going to argue the knee was technically on the lumbar, like the upper back, technically not the neck. Now, you know, again, they're going to these are semantics, maybe, but this is I think that the line of uh, argument they're going to put forth here in this testimony. But we'll see. Uh, here's a quote from Zimmerman: "If your knee is on a person's neck, that can kill him," said Zimmerman, who responded to the 38th Street and Chicago Avenue later in the night after Floyd's arrest there by Chauvin and three other officers. Zimmerman said the risk of an officer getting hurt goes down substantially once a suspect has been handcuffed. He added that when people are handcuffed and on their stomach, the chest muscles are pulled backward, which can further restrict breathing. Anyone placed in such a prone position must be reposited soon, he said. Zimmerman also testified that he saw no reason for why the officers felt they were uh, in danger, if that's what they felt, and that's what they would have had to feel to be able to use that kind of force. He also testified that officers have a duty to provide care for a person in distress, even if an ambulance has been called. Officers kept restraining Floyd, with Chauvin kneeling on his neck, another kneeling on Floyd's back, and a third 
holding his feet until the paramedics arrived, even after he became unresponsive. So when I initially saw this video, that was the first question I had. It's like, look, the guy's not, you know, and again, I, I don't know the physical aspect of this or the medical aspect of this or the ram- medical ramifications of this. But when I first saw this video and saw George Floyd on his stomach and obviously he handcuffed behind his back and one of the officers holding his legs, it's like, what, what was the point of kneeling on his neck or kneeling on his or upper back, whatever argument that the defense is going to go with? I mean, he's already detained. He wasn't going anywhere. And the only thing I could think of is because he was, he had a significant amount of fentanyl in his system, and it was very obvious by the uh, the surveillance camera footage inside the Cup Foods when he was pat- initially passing that counterfeit bill that he was a, that he was high, very obvious. And so once he became agitated when he was confronted by officers, you know he was he was constantly flopping around, agitated, what have you. And the only thing I could think of is maybe they were trying to hold him still because. You know, while he was on his stomach with handcuffs behind his back and rolling around like that, perhaps they were concerned he was going to do harm upon himself. Again, I don't know if the defense is going to bring that line of argument forth, but that was the only rationale I could think of for them, you know, detaining him in that manner. Uh, the cry, let's uh, got a couple minutes left in the segment. Let's uh, look at the cross examination of this particular aspect. Uh, Chauvin's defense attorney, Eric Nelson, cross examined Zimmerman and asked him to agree. That because he is a high-ranking officer who doesn't wear a uniform every day, his current job differs from an average patrol officer. He also had Zimmerman confirm that he has not recently undergone training in the police academy and that if an officer is fighting for his life, he can improvise and use force to protect himself. While undergoing further questioning from Prosecutor Matthew Frank, Zimmerman said while he has not been in the academy since he became an officer, he is trained on use of force every year. He also agreed with Frank that Chauvin kneeling on Floyd's neck for 9 minutes 29 seconds was not improvising. Chauvin, who is white, really? Breaking news, uh, (laughs) is charged with second-degree murder third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter from the Memorial Day arrest of Floyd after he attempted to pass a counterfeit $20 bail to corner market. Floyd was black, again, breaking news, uh, and widely circulated video of his death sparked protests and rioting in the Twin Cities and elsewhere, along with an international reckoning on the relationship between police and people of color. Chauvin and the three other officers who arrested Floyd were all fired. The other three also faced charges and an August trial. Well, here's 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 the thing uh, I'm I'm wondering. From what I understand, the only reason second degree murder was brought forth was that they could charge the other three officers with co uh, as co-conspirators. Well, if Chauvin is not found guilty of second degree murder, what what other charges are these three officers going to face? Because then the co-conspirator uh, aspect would go out the window, right? If I'm understanding this. Uh, Anyways, I'll I'll wrap this aspect of it up. Uh, The defense has argued that Chauvin did what he was trained to do when he encountered Floyd, who resisted being placed in a squad car, and that his death was caused not by the knee on his neck, as prosecutors contend, but by drugs, uh, his underlying health conditions, and adrenaline, and autopsy found fentanyl and methamphetamine in his system. Now, I remember there was an initial autopsy report that came out that indicated that Floyd did die of asphyxiation, and then there was an alternate autopsy report that came out that said the knee on the neck uh, exacerbated these conditions and caused the death. So there are two different 
there are also two different autopsy reports that are out there. So there, the the uh, bright light is going to be shown on the toxicologists and the coroners and whomever else uh, once uh, they they get brought forth. So uh, this sounds pretty damning for Chauvin, but there was uh, speaking of the fentanyl and methamphetamine in Floyd's system. Uh, there was a court document that was also presented that could perhaps provide reasonable doubt. And again, reasonable doubt is all Chauvin is going to need in order to not be convicted of second-degree murder. So when we come back, we'll talk about that aspect of it. Uh, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, the Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. You've been lied to. Lied to by corrupt Washington politicians and the Wall Street propaganda machine. Hi, I'm Inc. Magazine bestselling author Brett Kitchen, and I want to give you a free copy of my brand new book, Wealth Beyond Wall Street, because we all know another market crash could be right around the corner. After losing 35% in my IRA in the crash years ago, I said enough, and since then I discovered a way to grow money potentially double digits, reduce taxes dramatically, and also have my money protected when the next stock market crash hits. When the next market crash hits, you lose nothing. Call Wealth Beyond Wall Street now to get your free copy and talk with a specialist to discover this little-known strategy to get potential double-digit growth during good years and never lose when the next stock market crash hits, all while building a tax-advantaged retirement. Call 800-940-4242 to discover this asset that people like Walt Disney and JCPenney use to grow wealthy. Plus, get one of just 97 free books left. We even cover shipping and handling, no credit card required. Call 800-940-4242. That's 1-800-940-4242. one 800 940 When there's a need, the Salvation Army is there. Your gift today ensures their continued service throughout the Twin Cities. Donate at am1280thepatriot.com. The Here to Help campaign is supported by Geritom Medical. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage maker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. 
Plug it back. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. This is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we left off last segment uh, with uh, the WCCO News report, that it, which indicated Representative John Thompson, DFLer out of St. Paul or Wisconsin, we don't know, uh, <laughs> indicated that he would have a statement Regarding this issue, and here it is from the uh, Pioneer Press. This was released on Tuesday. Uh, Five years ago last week, we marked the killing of my friend, Philando Castillo, who was shot by a police officer during a traffic stop. Since being pulled over myself on July 4, my greatest regret is how the recent events have allowed us to overlook this time that should have been spent reflecting on the life of my friend and the changes that are needed to create a Minnesota where he would not have lost his life. I was pulled over in what was referred to as a pretextual traffic stop, the same type of stop that led to the killing of Philando as well as Dante Wright this April. Pretextual stops have been shown to not only do little to stop serious crimes, but they disproportionately target non-whites. This was racial, the racial profiling I spoke to, and I've been working to get rid of these types of stops long before this summer. So do we know for a fact that whites don't get pulled over when they're missing a front license plate, which is by the letter of the law, a violation. Do we know this? Serious question. Anyways, I'll continue. There have been calls to release the body cam footage from my stop, which I want to make clear I fully support. It is within the power of the St. Paul police to release the footage, and I am not a barrier to that. In the video, you won't see the officer do anything that isn't by the book, but the issue is we need to rewrite the book. I do not know the officer who pulled me over, and I have no reason to believe they have any hate towards me specifically. They just pulled you over because you were black, according to you. <coughs> I don't agree. Officers do, however, work in a system that allowed these too often pretextual traffic stops to continue despite tragic consequences. As much as I hate how the recent coverage of this issue has been about me, I recognize I have an obligation to my constituents and owe them an explanation. I have an obligation for black men who don't have the platform I do. I'm pushing legislation for more police accountability, and this situation is a great example of why that work matters. During my stop, it was brought up that my vehicle did not have a front license plate. I did not have a Minnesota driver's license, and there was a record of me having missed child support payment. While all of these have relatively simple explanations, one that we have yet to receive, I have take resp- I take responsibility for my fault in not addressing these issues and allowing them to eclipse the hard-fought work done in the name of police reform. My family bought a new car, and as with my new vehicle, we had to wait for our plates and get the proper tools to attach them. Not long after purchasing the car, it was rear-ended, and we did not drive the vehicle for some time. When I did drive the car on July 4, it should have had a front license plate, but I did not have the right part for the front bracket. After I was stopped, they ran my license, which is a Wisconsin license. I previously lived in Wisconsin, and my family and I consider moving back there to care for a family member who will now be coming to live here. I live and work in St. Paul and have for many years. My Wisconsin license hadn't previously posed an issue for me, but I will now be changing it to a Minnesota license, as I should have before. During my stop, I was informed that my license had been suspended for a minor minor child support issue, one which I resolved long ago. I owe zero dollars in child support after all of this i was only given a ticket for driving with a suspended license i do not know why i wasn't cited without dry without the front license plate the reason for my stop 
He was able to drive away from this intersection while other black Minnesotans in very similar situations I have not have not. The desire to be treated with respect and be able to drive away from this interaction safely was why I informed the officer I was a state rep during our conversation. Too many Minnesotans are dealing with barriers like this without a respectable title in front of their name. Philando was notably pulled over 49 times, largely for minor violations. I believe these pretextual stops are part of structures that operate to restrict access to jobs and housing, lock us up, and publicly humiliate black, indigenous, and communities of color. Interactions like this block us from our families, block us from our kids, and create new barriers to a quality of life. We need better. And that's why I'm, what I'm working towards. I understand that my emotions can sometimes make it hard for some people to hear the real message. These are difficult issues, and I've lost loved ones, but I ask you to work with me. We need a broad coalition, including law enforcement, to come together to understand that Minnesotans that look likely me, my family, friends, and community are living with these issues every day. I hope we can focus on conversations that center around making that change possible. Just a bunch of word salad, but here's one thing he didn't address. Do you live in the district you represent? It's a simple question. It's a very simple question and one he didn't at all address. He talked about, well, you know, we were thinking of moving back to Wisconsin to help an ill family member, but turns out that ill family member is moving here. Okay, where is here? Within your district? Now, in a separate issue, uh, John Thompson appeared in Hennepin County Court this past week. This is, uh, let's see, Jacob, cut number three, uh, Lou Ragus, CARE 11 reporter, uh, you know, in a public courthouse where John Thompson was appearing for uh, a different matter. Don't remember what it was. Doesn't really matter. Not really relevant to this case. And uh, Lou Goose asked him a very simple question. Again, this is Representative John Thompson appearing in Hennepin County Court, approached by CARE 11 reporter Lou Ragoose, cut number three. Representative Thompson, just some questions about your residency. Are you currently living in your district? Yes or no? And did you live there at the time you were elected? Yes or no? How difficult is that? Those are simple, straightforward, yes or no questions. Do you currently live in the district you represent? Did you live there when you were elected? And all he said was, man, get out of my face. What's well, a public courthouse. And he wasn't in his face. If you saw the video, he wasn't anywhere near him. He was properly distanced away from him. And then when the... When the court hearing was over, John Thompson went down the back stairs and out the the back door to avoid any media scrutiny. So this is a very simple question. And he talks about wanting to fight for police reforms and, and, and everything else and all those very noble causes. But guess what? You have to actually live in the district you represent. And from what I can tell, he's not willing to answer that question. And Esme Murphy, during that CARE 11 report, or not CARE 11, WCCO-TV news report, I'm getting my reporters mixed up, WCCO-TV news report was on Blair Avenue in Frogtown, which is three miles outside the westmost part of Thompson's district, which covers most of the east side of St. Paul. So that's a problem. So in doing all of this research and trying to uncover his residency, Guess what else was ascertained? This is from a Fox 9 story. In searching for uh, State Representative John Thompson's residency, Fox 9 has uncovered four cases of domestic violence with allegations Thompson punched, hit, and choked women. According to the police reports from 2003 to 2009, in some cases the assaults happened in the presence of young children. Questions about Thompson's residency were raised after he was stopped by St. Paul police on July 4th for not having a front license plate. 
Thompson, who accused St. Paul police of racially profiling him, presented a Wisconsin driver's license during the stop, a license he has renewed as recently as November 2020 when he was elected to the Minnesota legislature. The domestic violence cases stretch back to October 20, 2003 in Superior, Wisconsin, when Thompson was arrested after he allegedly struck his girlfriend in the face with an open and closed fist. The woman's five-year-old daughter witnessed the assault, which happened in a supermarket parking lot. Thompson's girlfriend said she and her child were homeless and declined to cooperate. Superior police said Thompson fled the scene and resisted arrest when he was found a short time later. Thompson eventually pled guilty in Douglas County, Wisconsin, to a reduced charge of disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. Thompson allegedly allegedly attacked the same girlfriend nearly a year later, August 2004, at her Egan apartment. Police arrived after a 911 hang-up call. She said during an argument with Thompson, he broke the phone cord and put uh, both hands around her neck and began choking her. During the struggle, uh, Thompson Thompson allegedly said, I'll choke you until you can't breathe anymore. She ran out of the apartment screaming, but Thompson grabbed her and dragged her back to the apartment. She even... Uh, she said she even tried to escape through a window. She told police Thompson became angry when she dialed 911 from another phone and began hitting her in the head, punching her in the face, and then grabbed her and threw her into the kitchen table, which broke. She said her she said three children, her daughter and Thompson's two sons, witnessed most of the assault. The girlfriend recounted to police that during an argument at the pool of the apartment complex the day before, Thompson allegedly belittled her daughter calling her a series of expletives that culminated with a bleep you, bleep your daughter, I hope you both die. So my question is that a lot of these documents were uncovered maybe a year ago, but now now coming to light when they're looking into his residency. So how did this not, who was doing the opposition research on this guy? How was this stuff not found when he was actually running for this House seat? You know, he would have lost in the DFL primary. I mean, where the the district he represents, that's a non-starter for anyone outside the Democrat Party. But John Thompson certainly would not have been uh, the Democrat nominee had this stuff come out. I would I would dare to believe. And in, so to wrap this up, the body cam footage was released, but only after uh, the St. Paul City Attorney's Office released it, not by Thompson's request. And this was uh, under the to, to dispel widespread rumor or unrest clause in the law. And since then, My company is the only one of its kind that provides you with bids on home improvement projects from multiple contractors after one short meeting with me. Hi, it's Ryan with my three quotes. Patriot listeners have been contacting me to find out all the projects I can help them handle. Let's start with doors and windows. Whether you're looking at big brands like Marvin, Anderson, Pella, or local vinyl brands, I can get you the best prices and installers to take care of your needs. And I can't stress how many people have saved thousands of dollars from previous bids they got. Then there's siding. Whether it's James Hardy, LP SmartSide, steel, or vinyl, I can help you design and get the best value in beautifying the exterior of your home. Soffit, fascia, and gutters can also accent any siding project. For roofing, I work with all the major brands of asphalt shingles, and yes, I'm happy to get you quotes on any approved storm damage. For the easiest way to get the most competitive bids with one simple meeting with me, visit GetMy3Quotes.com to set an appointment. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. 
If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. You depend on our lineup of hosts each day. Now you have the chance to meet one of them. Announcing the Terrific Talkers VIP experience. We'll fly you and a guest on a three-night stay to meet your favorite radio host. You could meet Dinesh D'Souza, Larry Elder, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, Hugh Hewitt, Charlie Kirk, Eric Metaxas, or Dennis Prager. Enter once per day at am1280thepatriot.com slash talker. The Terrific Talkers VIP experience is brought to you by Morris Law Group. Pick it up or take it out, rackshacktogo.com or rackshackdelivery.com. It's so easy. Hey, you've been working hard. Half the staff is gone and your crew needs a lift. Go to rackshacktogo.com for pickup or rackshackdelivery.com and we'll bring it out to you. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that rackshack attack, rackshack barbecue. Welcome back, AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. This is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. Always, we appreciate you tuning in. I definitely want to move on to other topics. Before we do, we want to take Mark's call. Mark in St. Louis Park is on line one. Mark, always good to hear from you. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Brad, thanks for taking the call, and I have to disagree with you as far as the John Thompson case. Um, I believe John Thompson put in for a change of address in Wisconsin 20 years ago with the U.S. Post Office. They also put a change of residence with the Minnesota DMV 20 years ago, and they're only halfway through processing his paperwork. So, hi <laughs> And one more thing. Brad, how dare you use your white privilege and assume everyone has a screwdriver laying around to put on a license plate? Yeah. Uh. Thanks. Yeah, How well, dare you? And I'll hang up and listen. You know what's, yeah, <laughs> thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. You know what's interesting about that is I believe John Thompson, uh, his job that he had before he was a Minnesota State rep, maybe still doing it, is some sort of uh, mechanic of some sort. So, I mean, the guy, the, it, you would think he'd have ready access to tools, right? I mean, isn't this something that he did for a vocation, if I, if I, if I remember right? Worked in some sort of uh, mechanical uh, field. But anyways, yeah. Um, look, I, he he came up with a explanation as to why he didn't have the license plate on. You know, uh, but the fact that he knew it had to be fixed, that he was cognizant it had to be fixed, must have, that must tell you that he was at least aware that it's a moving violation. Again, can't emphasize enough, as petty a violation as it is, it's still a violation. 
But uh, thanks for the call, Mark. We uh, appreciate it. And by the way, just to kind of bounce off Mark's point and something I mentioned last week, is the county has the purview over child support payments. So in this case, it would be Ramsey County, where Thompson, we think, resides. And then the Department of Vehicle Services is a state agency. So the fact that this got cleared up in less than a week, that these two agencies were able to uh, coordinate and get in cahoots and get this cleared up in less than a week, um, that's some pretty good urban progressive privilege, I got to tell you. Using your standing as a state representative to get that cleared up so quickly? I mean, that's that's a question I know that I'm not the only one asking. But anyways, like I say, need to move on to other topics here. Uh, you probably heard last week that the Biden administration has come become downright authoritarian in that they are going to start uh, collaborating, uh, collaborating, colluding, you say tomato, I say tomato, with social media companies, big tech companies, in order to stop the passing along of what they deem misinformation on COVID-19 vaccines, because there's a genuine concern with COVID cases now starting to tick up in all 50 states that enough people are not getting vaccinated and therefore the uh, virus is making another surge. And they're trying to alleviate what they deem as misinformation about the COVID-19 vaccine in order to stem the tide of hesitancy of people wanting of get, getting vaccinated. So this is from National Review. Uh, just uh, today, Carolyn Downey at National Review wrote about this. Uh, Surgeon General Vivek Murthy on Sunday urged social media companies to confront and snuff out the COVID misinformation wildfire circulating on their platforms. This is about the health of Americans, and the reality is that misinformation is still spreading like wildfire in our country, aided and abetted by technology platforms, Murthy said on Fox News Sunday. I have been in dialogue with a number of technology companies in good faith efforts to express my concerns to them and where they have taken positive steps. And some of them have. I've acknowledged that, as we should, as we should do. But what I've also said very clearly to them, privately and also publicly, is that it's not enough. During a press briefing Thursday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the White House was flagging COVID misinformation for social media censors. She added Friday that social media platforms should work in concert to ban the purveyors of misinformation. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others if you uh, for providing misinformation out there, she noted. So uh, I've got a couple of audio clips from Jen Psaki at some White House press briefings. Um, let's go ahead. Uh, I'm going to skip over a couple of them. Let's skip ahead, Jacob, to cut number six. Uh, uh, excuse me, cut number five. Cut number five. This is um, Jen Psaki. Uh, I'm sorry, take that back. I got I got so many sound clips. I'm barraging poor Jacob with all these. Cut number eight. That's the most recent one I sent you. Cut number eight. Fox News reporter, uh, Fox News White House correspondent, Peter Ducey, uh, basically calling out Jen Psaki saying, do these private citizens know that you're following their posts for misinformation? Here it is, cut number eight, uh, Peter Ducey and Jen, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. For how long has the administration been spying on people's Facebook 
profiles looking for vaccine misinformation? Well, that was quite a loaded and inaccurate question, um, which I would refute. Well, Peter, first of all, as you know, we're in, we're in a regular touch with with a range of media outlets. As, as, as let me finish. As we are, as we are in regular touch with social media platforms, this is publicly uh, open information. People sharing information online, just as you are all reporting information on your news stations. But- Okay, so these 12 people who you have on a list, 12 individuals, do they know that somebody at the Surgeon General's office is going through their profile? I'm happy to get you the citation of where that comes from. There's no secret list. I will tell you that these are people who are sharing information on public platforms on Facebook. Information that is traveling is inaccurate. Our biggest concern here, and I frankly think it should be your biggest concern, is the number of people who are dying around the country because they're getting misinformation that is leading them to not take a vaccine. Okay, bounce off of that, uh, and I'll have some comments coming back. Now I'm going to go to cut number six. This was uh, this was uh, President Joe Biden, I believe, after this press briefing, uh, was asked about the administration looking into certain Facebook posts. Uh, President Joe Biden, I don't know who was asking the question. doesn't really, really matter. Cut number six. What's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. They're killing people. I mean, it really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And that, and they're, and they're killing people. Okay. So President Joe Biden, this is the hyperbole that Democrats have undertaken now. If you support legislation they don't like, you're literally killing people. Remember net neutrality? How many people that was going to kill? Okay, if that, once that was, uh, once that was rescinded, which uh, Ajit Payal, the FCC director in the Trump administration, got rid of net neutrality. Uh, how about the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that the Republicans were advocating for during Trump's uh, first year in office and eventually got passed? How many millions that was going to kill? OK, or, or if we don't implement gun control, how many how many that's going to kill? And now this Facebook, if, if we don't flag misinformation, they're killing people. Where's the evidence of this? Where's the evidence that people who have died of COVID-19 died because they refused to get a vaccine due to something they read on a social media platform? Where's the evidence of this? Don't you need some sort of proof that shows that people, they're not taking the vaccine because of something they read on the Internet? Are you kidding me? And this is this is just, again, as as frustrated as people have been being deplatformed, you know, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter have been aggressive in deplatforming people with certain political opinions, most of them conservative, ones that they deem false information or the spreading of false information or conveying false information. And as as frustrated as we are, we begrudgingly admit, hey, these are private companies. Now, you could argue that these private companies, they have a lot, they can wield a lot more power than the government, okay, because they're, they aren't accountable to anybody. And I've often said that these uh, social media companies like Twitter, like Facebook, like YouTube, they want to play both sides. They say, well, you know, they use the excuse, well, we don't want these, this kind of misinformation, this awful material on our, on our particular platforms. I mean, we're responsible for the content that's put out there. No, you're not. You have, you are under no legal ramifications 
for false information being put out there because you're a platform. Now, if you're a publisher, that's a different story. A publisher is like the same purview as a newspaper. If a, news, if a newspaper allows false information to be printed in their periodical, their publication, okay, yeah, there, there, there are some serious legal issues that could be that they could face. But not platforms. But Facebook and Twitter and, and YouTube, they want, to, they want it both ways. They, they want the privilege to, of being a publisher where they can decide what is objectionable and what is not, but yet they still want to fly, they still want to be governed as a, as a platform where they can't be sued. So they, so they're playing both sides here, but where the line gets awfully, where the swamp gets awfully murky and the line gets awfully blurred is when you have government officials coming, being the moral arbiters saying, eh, you know what? We think this is misinformation here. You might, uh, Facebook, we think this is misinformation. We're flagging this post right here, what they're saying about the COVID-19 vaccine. You might want to back off that. We're, we think that's misinformation. So now the government is determining themselves moral arbiters here, particularly the Biden administration and their ilk. And I'd be interested to see the tweets of Joe. Think about this during the Trump administration. When Joe Biden was, you know, during the Trump administration, obviously he was a private citizen. Same with Jen Psaki, private citizens. What were they saying on Twitter? And what kind of stories were they pushing about Trump being a Russian asset? How, how many stories did we see on social media out there that Trump was being used by uh, by the Putin administration to infiltrate the United States government and do Putin's bidding within the U.S. government? How many stories did we see about that? And, of course, that was the catalyst for the whole Mueller report, some steel dossier, which was complete bunk from the outset, but that triggered the Mueller investigation. How many stories did we see on social media about that? A plethora of them every single day. And guess what? It turned out to be complete bullpucky. But yet, it was allowed to continue to be out there. But people like Jen Psaki and Joe Biden, which again, to be fair, they didn't have any power back then. But they wouldn't have looked at that as misinformation. They would have allowed that to go out there. Or how about the on the other end of it? The Biden administration certainly doesn't want anything about Hunter Biden's laptop getting out there, but it turns out that's actually true. But the New York Post, a periodical that's been around for over a century, they reported it, but yet Twitter and Facebook wouldn't allow any acknowledgement of it. In fact, the New York Post Twitter account got suspended when they tried to link to that story about Hunter Biden's laptop because, well, well this is kind of nefarious here. It turns out it's, it's, it's 100% true. So this idea that the government is going to declare themselves the arbiters of truth and facts and what's going to be put out there, uh, I'm sorry, that that flies in the face of the First Amendment right there. Again, these big tech companies, you can argue that they're playing both sides. They want to be they want to be governed like a platform, but they want to enact the iron fist like a publisher. Okay, they can do that as nefarious and as slimy as that is, but the government. Flagging posts for misinformation, uh, yeah, that's a whole nother rare. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, how just downright creepy this is, the government uh, determining what uh, is factual and what is not. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back for one final segment this hour. Go nowhere.
1280 The Patriot. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Uh, we were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free radio.com app. This is Dennis Prager along with Mike Gallagher. We both are excited to return to the Holy Land this fall and hope you'll join us from October 27th through November 5th. I can never get enough of the great state of Israel and its historical significance, especially this year. Join us for a life-changing experience. Israel is opening up to travelers as the country gets back to normal. Dennis and I have planned out every minute of this trip in detail with Salem Media Group and our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. We're confident by October our trip will be safe, and our team is on hand to answer all your questions about deposits, health and safety, and much more. Experience unforgettable cuisine, insightful lectures, and extraordinary sights only Israel can provide, all with fellow like-minded travelers. Travel again this year. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com to register and have all your questions answered. Call 855-565-5519. Call 855-565-5519. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Did you know that the Patriot mobile app can do more than just stream your favorite shows? Here's cool feature number one. You can set an alarm on our app that will automatically start streaming the Patriot at whatever time you decide. It's easy. Just open the menu in the upper left-hand corner, select Alarm, and choose a time. You can set it to wake you up in the morning with Hugh Hewitt or any of your favorite hosts. Download the free AM 1280 The Patriot app today. You listen every day. I never miss it. So now it's time for you to join the conversation. Who, me? Like AM 1280 The Patriot on Facebook and share your thoughts with like-minded conservatives. You can also enter to win prizes, learn about upcoming events, and more. You've been lied to. Lied to by corrupt Washington politicians and the Wall Street propaganda machine. Hi, I'm Inc. Magazine best-selling author Brett Kitchen, and I want to give you a free copy of my brand new book, Wealth Beyond Wall Street, because we all know another market crash could be right around the corner. After losing 35% in my IRA in the crash years ago, I said enough, and since then I discovered a way to grow money potentially double digits, reduce taxes dramatically, and also have my money protected when the next stock market crash hits. When the next market crash hits, you lose nothing. Call Wealth Beyond Wall Street now to get your free copy and talk with a specialist to discover this little-known strategy to get potential double-digit growth during good years and never lose when the next stock market crash hits, all while building a tax-advantaged retirement. Call 800-940-4242 to discover this asset that people like Walt Disney and JCPenney use to grow wealthy. Plus, get one of just 97 free books left. We even cover shipping and handling, no credit card required. Call 800-940-4242. That's 1-800-940-4242. one 940 Welcome back. AM twelve eight of the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks always for tuning in. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. That's the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show for any comments or questions. Uh, continuing to talk about uh, the Biden administration has taken it upon themselves to uh, start flagging what they deem misinformation regarding COVID-19 vaccines. Of course, this is a big concern now with uh, vaccine rates kind of having plateaued, the administration not meeting its uh, vaccine rate goal. So therefore, they're going to uh, what flag misinformation on social media platforms, thinking that people are dying because they're getting information from Facebook and other social media sites about uh, vaccines 
not being uh, reliable. So uh, I would I would think you would need some pretty hard evidence to say that people who are dying of COVID-19 did so because they didn't want to get vaccinated due to something they read on Facebook. That seems to be a uh, pretty outlandish and dubious claim, to say the least. But Drew Holden on Twitter, if you're not following Drew Holden on Twitter, uh, you're missing out. Drew Holden 360 is his Twitter handle, uh, H-O-L-D-E-N, Drew Holden 360. Uh, He put together a phenomenal thread. He's a master of Twitter threads, by the way, on how it's, um, to say the least, it's pretty terrifying that you have government officials regulating misinformation. And the best place to start, uh, he says, is with the origin of the most consequential event in our lifetimes, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Remember that the very thought it could have come from a local biolab run by a secret autocratic regime was dismissed as a bigoted conspiracy theory? Now, yeah, even the World Health Organization is uh, is kind of acquiescing to that. You know, the World Health Organization, who does China's bidding, even some officials in the within the WHO are acquiescing to, ah, yeah, you know what, that uh, that's not only a plausible theory, but very, very credible as well. Um, How about misinformation around a viable treatment? The supposed war on misinformation led the world to write off hydroxychloroquine, a treatment we now know helps save lives. Yeah, that's an excellent point. How many died as uh, as a result of that when people put out articles on the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine? Okay. I mean, can can we can we measure that? Does the current administration want to measure that? Uh, here's another one. Uh, it's important to remember that the left has their pet conspiracy theories that don't seem to ever get flagged as misinformation somehow, like the idea that Donald Trump might have been a Manchurian candidate installed by Vladimir Putin. Uh, here's another one. Speaking of Russia, who can forget the supposed Russian bounties conspiracy theory pushed by the entire corporate press? and countless Democrats that recently fell to pieces. For some reason, that was never described as misinformation. Uh, Drew Holden says, My favorite misinformation might be the Steele dossier, though. Despite how dubious the suggestions were, we had countless Dems and the corporate press run with the narratives on the ground that orange man bad. We'll close with another misinformation that wasn't. Perhaps the most consequential, given that its impact on the election, was the Hunter Biden laptop story. And I mentioned that previous segment. You may remember that the Biden campaign, the corporate press, and the big tech all pledged it was disinformation. It wasn't. So in conclusion, Drew Holden says, Big tech, the corporate press, and the Democrat Party have utterly failed time and again in deterring what is or isn't misinformation. If after all these errors, you still want to empower their fishing trips and hypocrisy, I just don't know what to tell you. Amen. So uh, this is this is the administration that's going to start flagging a lot of these uh, Facebook posts as well. So uh, be interesting little exercise, see how that uh, progresses. We only have about a minute or two to go, but we do want to get to Vincent's call. Vincent in St. Paul is on line one. Vincent, aloha. Aloha. I see it's sunny outside. Aloha for that. I'll take your word for it. I'm in the bunker, so. Oh, <laughs> Um, I hope this doesn't get the patriot being misinformation or question. You know, 
with um, Pfizer, Maduro, John, J&J, Johnson & Johnson, the vaccines, have they ever said what the ingredients is inside of each one of them? Because like a can of soup, you have the ingredients on the label. Sure. So is this misinformation or something, me asking a question? Well, no, it's not a misinformation. <laughs> I, I would imagine it would be available out there to you. Uh, I appreciate the call, Vincent. Thanks so very much. I, yeah, I don't know how uh, um, transparent they have been with with the with the ingredients, but yeah, I mean that is available to you out there, no no doubt about it. And uh, particularly, I I would imagine CDC websites, um, perhaps Pfizer, Moderna websites themselves. Uh, I I don't know specifically where to point you, but yeah, you can definitely find that out there. And that's another good point as well. You know, you, you talk about you know p- the common phrase is vaccine hesitancy. Um. How many, how many people died not taking the vaccine by seeing Kamala Harris and Joe Biden continuing to wear masks outdoors with no one else around despite being fully vaccinated? I mean, you say, okay, Mr. President, M- Madam Vice President, you're taking the vaccine, but yet when you're by yourself outdoors in front of a microphone, you're still wearing a mask. So if these vaccines are so great, why are you still wearing a mask outdoors when there's nobody else around? Do the vice president and madam vice president get flagged with peddling misinformation, vaccine hesitancy? We need to take a closer look at that because they're quite complicit in this. But that would involve self-reflection from our media, our corporate media and our uh, betters in the federal government. And (laughs) we know that's not happening. Hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back in mere moments. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network. Back in a few. Pressure washers, they spray water and get stuff clean. Sometimes it is quite that simple, but oftentimes there's a lot behind the scenes that American Pressure can help you with. What's the right nozzle to make the water spray at the right speed to accomplish your cleaning task without damage? What's the right heat to melt the grease and grime you've got built up? See what we can do for you at AmericanPressure.com. That's AmericanPressure.com. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. That's 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. 
That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com. Call 800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com. Want to enroll your child in Christian school this fall for half the cost? TwinCitiesTuitions.com is joined with area private schools to offer half-off tuition for your child's first year. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, you'll see our partnering schools, an interactive map to find one in your area, and frequently asked questions about the program. Now more than ever, it's important for your child to have a biblical worldview. Get details about the half-off Christian tuition program at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Happy, happy, happy 